It is Friday, January 5th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Week 18 of the NFL season is here. And Will Howard headed to the Ohio State. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Last week of the regular season, some high-stakes games and some not-so-high-stakes games. Jokic from downtown completes the comeback as the Nuggets stun the Warriors. And Wimbenyama comes oh-so-close on his birthday. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott? Well, we're going to run through the schedule here of the NFL Week 18. It's a football Friday. It's our last Friday of the regular season. We know the playoff scenarios, and uh, we'll just go through the games like we do each and every Friday for one last time with a full schedule of games. Are, are you bummed? Are you sad that we're, we're out of NFL? This is the end of the regular season? Yes and no. Like, I, I am bummed that, like, we don't have, like, any more. This is our last full Sunday of games, our last yeah. Red Zone Sunday. Seven hours of commercial-free football. But we're going to have incredible games coming up in the playoffs, and it's the best time yeah. of the year. So I, I absolutely can't wait for these matchups. So so let's go through the Week 18 schedule, and we'll start with the two Saturday games. The Steelers, who are still alive for a playoff spot, they need to win and get some help. Uh, they are at the Ravens, and spread movement on this, none, AJ, as Baltimore still remains a three-and-a-half-point dog. Yeah, I, I love Baltimore here. Um, I don't understand how much of I mean it just feels like an over over move over uh, overreaction mm-hmm. and I, I said if Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh played like this game two weeks ago Baltimore would be a double digit favorite like if both teams had full motivation we're talking I said 10 Fez Fez said he had it more than close to 12 either way uh, even with you know some key guys sitting including Lamar I don't know how you get to Pittsburgh being a three and a half point road favorite. Tyler Huntley's a very serviceable backup, very experienced. In fact, I like Huntley more than I like Mason Rudolph. Oh yeah. Uh, and you know, the Ravens are a deep team and if they, they're probably going to treat this like a preseason game and who's the best at preseason games. Harbaugh. <laughs> I, I mean, right. and the underdogs in this series have just been historically good. 23 and 5 ATS are the dogs in this Harbaugh Tomlin matchup. 19 and 2 when the spread's more than a field goal to the dog. So I think everybody's saying, well, the Steelers have, or the Ravens have nothing to play for. Steelers are extra motivated. I, I think the Ravens would love to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs in, in front of their, in front of Baltimore, in front of the Baltimore fans. And, you know, you go back to 2019. The same scenario played out exactly the same way. Like Baltimore, or excuse me, the Steelers came into Baltimore eight and seven, needed a win to make the playoffs, and the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, it was an RG three game, absolutely blew them out of the water. Uh, I, I think this game should be a pick 'em. So I, I love Baltimore catching points here. Yeah, so do I. And, and I think it's going to be a low-scoring, ugly game because yeah. that's what Steelers-Ravens games are. They've gone under in six straight games. Five of the last six, they haven't even scored 30 points. And that includes both games last year when Tyler Huntley was the quarterback for the Ravens. In Huntley's last six starts, the combined average score of the Ravens games, 26.8 points. So I love the under. It's low. It's at 35, but I like the under. And if this is going to be a low-scoring, ugly game, then I'll gladly take the three-and-a-half points with the Ravens. Generally, when there's a game that features a team who is locked into their spot, I think under is more often than not the way to look because that team is going – they're just trying to get out of there. And, you know, I I think Baltimore falls into that role. They want to just get out of there, which means they're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to keep it grimy. And if you're giving me three and a half points in a game that's grimy, especially between these two teams, uh, I'll, I'll take the Ravens every single time. Yeah, and if you look at the teams that are um, 
it, it, I'm just trying to look at, you know, total of 35 or less in the last 10 years, right? So it's very few that we've had a game where the total is 35. The under in those games are four, six, and one, right? But ATS margins are actually not by much. Like the average line in the games are six, but the average point differential between the teams in the 11 games where with a total of 35 or less is less than three. Yeah. So I'm getting three and a half here. It seems like a pretty good uh, number, a good value for me. The other Saturday game is the Texans and the Colts, an important game. The winner has a chance. The loser does not. And right now, spread up on the DraftKings Sportsbook is the Texans, one-and-a-half-point favorites. And Houston AJ actually made some injury announcements yesterday. They have uh, ruled out a couple of players for this game. Yeah, it looks like uh, no Noah Brown and no Jonathan Grenard, which is a big deal. Don't don't get me wrong, but uh, I, I think it's offset by the fact that Nico Collins is going to play and uh, it, Will Anderson is going to play. Those are the, That's the bigger deals, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, this boils down to, I, I think these teams are very similar. Like I, I've got them power, power rated very similarly outside of quarterback. And I just think the Texans have a massive edge at quarterback. I, I think Minshew, like for some reason, there's people who like think that Minshew is having a good season and it's, I guess it's because the Colts are winning games. But if you look at PFF, the list of players that he's better than Zach Wilson, Bryce Young, Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, N- not a, not great company to be in. And since week 10, the Texans defense has really stiffened up ninth in opponent success rate, 12th in opponent EPA per play. And in that same time frame, the Colts are 21st and 19th in those categories. And the best offense they've played in that stretch, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I, I think that the, t- the Texans are the best team in this division with a healthy Stroud. Uh, so basically asking them to just win the game at Indy, I- I'll take it. I-, I like the Texans here. Yep. The winner is in the playoffs and alive for the division title. Let's move on to Sunday. The Browns are at the Bengals. This was a crossfire between you and I on the Dream Pod. We have Cincinnati laying seven at home against the Browns, and it will be Jeff Driscoll starting at quarterback for Cleveland. Yeah, I I saw today we're starting to see some sevens minus 115, seven minus mm-hmm. 120. You'll see there it's going to be six. And then you guys are going to say, damn, AJ was right. Uh, no, I this is very similar to that that Raven Steelers cap for me. I, I think the this is going to be a very low scoring game. Uh, I, I think the Browns are going to run the ball, try to get it out of there. And we've seen the Browns. The reason I like the Browns is because all season long, it hasn't mattered who who's played quarterback for them. They've been consistent. They, they've been the, the same solid team, whether it was P.J. Walker, Deshaun Watson, Joe Flacco, DTR. I mean, is Jeff Driscoll a downgrade from Joe Flacco? Certainly. Is he a downgrade from P.J. Walker? No. And, like, the idea that now Cleveland is catching a full touchdown against a team that has nothing to play for, uh, I, I just feel like it's it's a lot. Um, both these teams are proud. I think both teams are going to play hard. Uh, it's just uh, Cleveland's not going to have several of their starters playing, but neither are the Bengals. I, I, T. Higgins isn't going to play. I, Jamar Chase says he's playing. I, I imagine he does play some. I'd be shocked if Jamar Chase is on the field in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I just looked at the the game where the the Ravens or excuse me the Browns were nine and a half point dogs against the Forty ers with P.J. Walker, and everybody's like, oh, how can they compete? And they won the game outright. Like I, I think this team can compete with anyone. So I, I like the Browns. Uh, if, if I'm catching a full touchdown, I'll, I'll take the Browns. Yeah, I like. I just think that the I, I don't trust Jeff Driscoll to do anything. Right. I mean, we're talking about a guy that they could have started ahead of PJ Walker, and and that was not a decision for them. Um, I, I think that when you look at the Bengals being winless in the division this year and having an opportunity to avoid getting swept in the division, it's it's a source of pride. Like, everything coming out of the press conferences this week, from Jamar Chase saying that he's going to play, to Jake Browning saying that, well, when he said that, it fired up the team and got them excited about playing this week. You know, to me, it just seems like we have one team that's going out there trying to prove something, trying to win a game in front of their home fans, where we have another team that's trying to avoid an injury at all costs and get into the playoffs and worry about next week. 
Listen, I'm sure the the Washington Commanders don't want to go winless in division this year either. But sometimes mm-hmm. you're just a dog shit team, and, and I don't think these Bengals are very good. Like I, I don't see where they're good at. They're you know where they're good at. They're they're good at Jamar Chase. Like like that's about it. Because this is a bad defensive team. The offensive line is not good. Uh, you know, once Joe Burrow went out, I mean, it's it's been a nice run by Jake Browning. I guess some people are, think very highly of him. I, th- I think he looks like a capable backup, but I don't think he looks like any kind of world beater. I, I just don't – I mean, this team doesn't run the ball at all. Uh, I, I just think it's a I, – I, I don't think they're a very good team. So the fact that they could go 0-6 in division just kind of makes sense because they're in a really good division and they're the worst team. If Miles Garrett doesn't play, does it change your opinion? No, not with a full touchdown. No, this is a deep okay. team, man. This is because like, okay. I know Amari Cooper's not playing. Like, in that, I mean, he's probably their best offensive player. Um, but I, I do know Njoku's going to play. Um, I, I don't know if Miles Garrett will play. In fact, I'd pro- I probably would expect him not to. If they can rest six, seven guys, I imagine Miles Garrett's one of the guys they want to rest. Uh, but against the Bengals' offensive line. Uh, wh- whoever, whoever else is on that team, is, is, I could see them getting some, uh, some run. The Vikings are at the Lions. Detroit, a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Minnesota. And I love the Lions because Dan Campbell says his guys are going to play. And I think they want so badly to erase what happened last week against the Cowboys that they want the last thing people are talking about when they go into the playoffs next week is they got a win against Minnesota and probably a big win against Minnesota. They don't want the the storylines to be about the loss to the Cowboys and what if for their playoff seating. So I think Dan Campbell's going to have his guys focused this week. I can see that. I can also see him playing them for a little while and then sitting them. And on the other side, Minnesota still has an outside chance to make the playoffs. Like I, I think they're going to play hard. I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to play hard. Uh, and I, you know, I, I can't get past it that I had the Vikings against Detroit in Minnesota. And if Nick Mullins only throws three interceptions instead of four, mm-hmm. the, the Vikings win that game. Like they, they, they played even with the lions except for the turnovers. And, but think um, about that. Think about that game though. That was a two and a half to three point spread. And that was in Minnesota. So that's saying that the Lions on a neutral are at maybe four and a half to five. And so now the Lions are at home. Like, how is this line three and a half? It should be way more than that. It's just pricing in. It's pricing in the fact that they don't believe players are going to play the full game. It's priced in that they've got no incentive to to win this game because they really don't. Like what it would take the Eagles losing as, as, as favorites to take the Cowboys losing as almost 14 point favorites for this game to matter at all for the Lions. They're essentially locked into the three seed. Last week was what it was. It sucks for the Lions, but they're locked into the three seed, basically. Any kind of injury risk like doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like I don't know why you'd run guys out there and 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 risk the, the possibility of them getting hurt. And I don't know. I I I I like I said, I believe Dan Campbell. I'm not saying Dan Campbell's lying. I think that he'll have his guys start the game. I just don't think they'll finish the game. The Jaguars are at the Titans. Jacksonville's a three and a half point favorite win, and the Jags win the division. Yeah, I like this a lot better at five and a half. Uh, we we're starting to see some money come in on uh, on on, t- on Tennessee. Uh, Jacksonville or Tennessee was one of my plays on the on the pod. Uh, they got a lot going wrong for them right now, but this is a Vrabel game. Like you, you, you know, Vrabel's not going to roll over and quit, and uh, we assume Ryan Tannehill's going to play quarterback probably his last game as a, as a Titan. Derrick Henry's probably his last game as a Titan. And I, you know, remember last year when the, the Titans were falling apart late in the season and the Jags knocked them out of the playoffs? How great would it be for the Titans if they could do the same thing to the Jags who have collapsed down the second half, knock them out of the playoffs? And at home's the place to do it. The Titans' scoring margin at home is plus 30. <laughs> their, their, their road scoring margin is is minus 100. They are significantly better at home. Trevor Lawrence status in question, Zay Jones status in question. I, I just think, like, I, I'm not going to let the fact that the Jags beat the crap out of a, a sorry Carolina team distract from the fact that this is a bad team. The Jags are, have played like a bad team for the last six weeks. So I, I, I like I the Titans. That. 
Yep. Still no, still no props available for this game. Um, just it's it's amazing the books not putting up a lot of props here in week eighteen. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins does have contract incentives. Needs seven catches to reach two hundred and fifty k, thirty nine yards to reach another thirty uh, two hundred and fifty k, two scores to reach another two hundred and fifty k. So um, we'll see if Tannehill helps uh, Hopkins make seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars this weekend. Elsewhere, the Jets are at the Patriots. New England now up to a two-point favorite, and we all love New England in the spot. This could very well be Bill Belichick's final game coaching the Patriots, and there's no way Belichick goes out with a loss, to, especially to the Jets. I mean, they just – they absolutely own this team. 15 straight, 23 of 25. They've covered six straight. They've covered 10 of the last 12. Like, they just – they beat the Jets. That's what they do. And when there's that much dominance in a series, I don't go against it. And we'll talk about another series like that here in a, in a little bit. But uh, I, I'm not going against New England here. I, they, they've they've quietly been competitive the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So 3-0-1 ATS their last four games, including two outright wins. Uh, you know, I, I hate these teams. I hate this game. But the only the only side I play is is the Patriots here. I I, I think the Jets are the Jets are dead. I mean they they. And listen, there was a while where it was like, oh, they're going to compete. They're going to like, I don't think the Jets even if if Robert Solid thinks his job is safe, which apparently it is from what I've mm-hmm. read, then the best thing it's in their best interest not to win this game. Yeah, I would agree with that. Robert Solid, though, has never beaten the Patriots. He's never covered against <laughs> the Patriots. So oh and five. The Falcons are at the Saints. New Orleans, a three point favorite in a must win for both teams. I, I said this exact. This was my exact handicap last week when the Saints were at the Bucks. These teams are the same. Don't <laughs> I, I like if you give me three points, I'm gonna take the three points uh, because the home field and division isn't enough to warrant like coming off the three. So if I can catch a full three, uh, even on the road in in this division where I think all these teams are, you can put them in a bag, shake them up, and whoever wins, I think it could change week to week. I don't think any of these teams are set apart from the rest. I mean, I, I think Carolina's worse than the other three, but it's it's not like by a crazy amount. So Atlanta, if you're giving me a full field goal, that's the only way I look. And Kamara not practicing, that that's a, a concern. The Bucks are at the Panthers. All Tampa Bay's got to do is win, and they win the division. And that Falcons-Saints game doesn't mean much. Uh, Tampa, four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Panthers. The idea of laying four-and-a-half points on the road with Tampa is laughable to me. Like, they've been field goal or more favorites now three times this season. They're 0-2-1. Mm-hmm. Baker's 13-26 and as a favorite in his career. If you didn't learn your lesson last week, I, people are never going to learn. Like, the, the Panthers stink. I get it. But the Bucks are barely, barely an average NFL team, if that. And I, I've said it all year. If you're an average to mediocre to below average team and you're laying points on the road, much less more than a field goal, I am out. Uh, and the Panthers, much better at home than on the road. They've covered their last two in a row. Uh, they were two-and-a-half-point dogs at home to Atlanta. Now they're four-and-a-half, and I just said those teams are the same. And you're going all the way through the three. Panthers were three and a half uh, or the Packers were minus three and a half at the Panthers Are the Bucks a full point better than the Packers. I, I don't think so. I think they're about the same. So uh, I, I just don't think these Bucks are very good. So laying four and a half on the po- on the road is just crazy to me. So I, I think Carolina tries to, they, they, you know, they try and finish the season on a high note. I think they, they're still trying. Uh, I don't think they're good, but I still think they're fighting. And I think Tampa's just meh. <laughs> the Bears are at the Packers. Green Bay laying three. They still have a chance to make it into the playoffs. The Bears would love to play the spoiler role, and I guess this comes down to how legit you think the Bears' defense is. I would have thought we'd get a, a much better number here than three. Um, the Packers have just dominated this matchup historically, and mm-hmm. they've they've won nine and covered nine straight in this series. They've won twenty four of the last twenty seven and 21-6 and six ATS in that run. And I get the talk about the Bears' defense. Like, I, I understand, are they better? Yes. Are, are they abysmal? No, I, I don't think the Bears' defense is abysmal. But when you go through the quarterbacks that they've played and, and the teams that they've gone against, it's like, 
I, I, I'm not wowed by it. And the, the two the two games they've lost since the defense supposedly improved, uh, one was to, to Cleveland with Joe Flacco in his, what, second game off the couch. And the other one was to Jared Goff on the road. When they got Jared Goff outside, the defense looked great. Jared Goff inside, defense shredded them. Uh, the rest of the time, it was like, uh, it, it was Josh Dobbs and, you know, like last week it was, it was De- Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just been a, a mishmash of guys, Bryce Young, it, it, Jordan Love has been incredible since week 12. He is the highest rated passer in the league. That's wild. The Packers defense has been terrible. So, I mean, that, that, that's something, if you like the bears, that's something you can hang your hat on, but the, the Packers beat the bears. It's what they do. And away from home, the Bears have won. They're two and six on the road this season. Both of their wins, they were plus two in turnovers. Like the Bears on the road are not something I'm interested in. The Bears against the Packers, not something I'm interested in. So uh, I'll I'll just more of the same. Packers beat Mm -hmm. the Bears. The Broncos are at the Raiders. Vegas now up to three-point favorites. This is my favorite play of the week. Uh, I, I think Vegas is playing for Antonio Pierce's job. Everything that we've heard the players talk about, especially Devontae Adams, who is the leader of this team, spoke about how they want Antonio Pierce to be the head coach. And everyone in the locker room feels that way. And Antonio Pierce, when he was asked about the job, he's like, my resume is on the field. So he, he doesn't want to talk about whether or not he deserves the job or not. He wants the players' performance on the field to dictate the people's opinions. I think this Raiders team at home plays really hard to try and get Antonio Pierce this job. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I still don't know if Antonio Pierce, like I don't, everybody seems to think the Raiders are so much better since Antonio Pierce showed up. I, I mean, I, I guess like it's, they seem more competitive. They did beat the chiefs. That's a nice win at Kansas city, but the other wins, the giants with DeVito, the Jets with Zach Wilson and the Chargers with Easton Stick. Like, it, it, people have just forgotten that they did. They put up three points against the Minnesota Vikings, or they put up zero points. Sorry, the the, uh, the Vikings put up three with that three zero game at home. They got shut mm-hmm. out by the Vikings. I, I, I'm not sure where I'm at with the Raiders, but I do think the team is playing hard for them. I also kind of think that the team, the, the Broncos, are playing hard for Sean Payton. I, I think Sean Payton's is like. We're talking about Antonio Pierce. Like this is a guy who's coached eight NFL games. There's probably not a bigger coaching mismatch that's put like that's possible this week uh, than a guy in his in his first half season taking on Sean Payton. It, it I liked your I liked your bet a lot at two and a half. At three, I'm very neutral. Um, I, I'll I'll be staying out of this one. The Eagles visit the Giants. Philly a five point favorite and. I like the Giants. I think you like the Giants. We all like the Giants, but it's all predicated on what the Cowboys are going to do against the the Commanders because the only way the Eagles win the division is if the Cowboys lose, and the Cowboys are not going to lose as two touchdown favorites. So I don't know how many starters play, especially in the second half for Philadelphia. I, I agree, and I but I do think it's this is a twofold bet because the, I mean the Eagles don't have much reason to play their starters. Like you said, it, it would take a a miracle for them to to win the division. We've talked all season long about the wear and tear on Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah, is it worth that? Is it worth even taking any kind of risk with those guys? Like, if you look at the Eagles the last six weeks, it's clear that they're tired. They need rest. So, like, I, I think the Eagles are right now an average team on the field. They're a mess, uh, both on the field and the locker room. Like AJ, if AJ Brown's having to come out and say he's not mad at the coach, mm. it means he's probably mad at the coach. Um. The first seven weeks of the season, the Eagles outgained their opponents consistently. Lost lost the yardage once. They were they outgained them by over a hundred yards a game. Since then, they've won the yardage battle twice, averaging minus sixty eight yards a game. They've lost four of the last five outright. And if if the Giants start Tyrod Taylor instead of Devito, they probably have lost the last five straight. So now they're at the Giants, laying points on the road. This is and this is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way, but Scott, I, I've, I mean, you can attest. I've been consistent about this. Mm-hmm. The Eagles are they're an average team, and if the Eagles hadn't won the Super Bowl or been in the Super Bowl last year, people would be less apt to believe in them. They're still holding on to last year's results. 
This team is barely average, maybe slightly above average, laying five points on the road against even one of the worst teams in the league. I just can't see it, especially when you think that they may not play guys in the second half. I, the Gi- I mean, Dayball is going to keep playing his guys hard. So I, yep. I, I love the Giants this week. Well, let's talk about that Cowboys-Commanders game because I think that, you know, we talked about this on the Dream Pod. There's a correlation here. We like the Cowboys in the first half and then the Giants in the second half of the Eagles game because we feel like the Cowboys are going to have a dominate a, a dominant first half and be up big, and then maybe they rest their guys. But from an Eagles perspective, once they see – because you know they're going to be scoreboard watching. Of course. Once they see the Cowboys up big at the half, they're going to pull their guys for the second half. So – um, I think Cowboys first half is the play here. Plus, I just don't think the Cowboys should be laying this many points. Like the 49ers last week were, you know, 14 point favorites in Washington. And now the Cowboys are 13 point favorites in Washington. There's a lot more than one point separating Dallas and San Francisco. Yeah. And Washington hasn't won at home since week one against Arizona. They are a bad home team. Their average halftime deficit at home has been nine and a half points per game. And with Dallas having extra motivation to get off to a fast start, get off the field, I, I, I'm with you. I think the commanders fall behind early. I think they fight back late. I, I think they're going to, especially with Sam Howell playing, they're going to chuck the ball around. Mm-hmm. And when, when Dallas starts sitting guys on defense, Washington will probably have some success. Dallas is going to win the game. If I had to choose a side for the full game, it'd be Washington. But yeah. I, I agree with you. First half, Dallas is the look. Chiefs are at the Chargers, and we have can we have the Chargers a three and a half point favorite. Blaine Gabbert getting the start for Kansas City. I I honestly have no interest in betting this game. I I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean I, I'm serious. Like, the I, there's no Isaiah. There's no Isaiah Pacheco. There's no Travis Kelsey. There's no Patrick Mahomes. Name another thing about the the Chiefs offense this year that you could say is even remotely a positive. There isn't one. But do you all, do you want to play the under on a team that just gave up like a million points to Aiden O'Connell two weeks ago? Yeah. Like I, I don't, it's scary. Uh, the, like the Chargers are. I mean, they know what's happening. This is uh, this is a, this is a mess. They're, a lot of those guys are going to be gone next year. I don't think they're a whole lot of motivated. Um, I, I think that this is this is one of the hardest games to call because I, I don't I don't know what either team is even trying to do. So uh, mm-hmm. this is a, a pure stay away from me. Seahawks at the Cardinals, Seattle, two and a half point favorites. I played Arizona at three. Uh, I still am, am tempted to play Arizona at two and a half. I'll probably end up using them in some kind of a teaser here. Um, they're just trending in the opposite directions. Arizona's three and four straight up, four and three ATS since Kyler came back after starting out one and eight. Seahawks started out six and three, and they've lost five of their last seven. Um, the problem for me with the minus two and a half was Seattle was minus two and a half at Tennessee two weeks ago. Tennessee and Arizona is, is hot as Arizona has been playing. They're still not as good as Tennessee. So uh, I can't get to that number, but uh, I, I lean to Arizona, probably use Arizona as a teaser leg. You, you had a stat about Arizona at home and how the, the, I mean, it's basically a cash cow for the over. Every game, every single game has gone over. And this total sitting here at 47 and a half, and that's almost a touchdown less than the average points of every game in Seattle this season. So yeah. I like the over. Uh, it's probably another scoring fest there. Rams are at the 49ers, San Francisco laying four. Sam Darnold, the starting quarterback, and Carson Wentz going for the Rams. So the Niners, this is the circle of life game, one of the circle yes. of life games in the NFC West. Uh, nine straight regular season matchups going back to 2018. The Niners have won. And both teams locked into the playoffs. Rams, it's basically about where they are in the playoffs. I don't know that it matters. But Shanahan has said he didn't he he didn't like the rust the last time he sat everybody. And he, he also said he doesn't have enough guys healthy to sit everybody. He says, we've got six guys injured. We can rest seven if no one's hurt. I'm going to rest my starting quarterback. Uh, so that means Sam Darnold's going to have most of his wide receivers available, at least early in the game. I, I, to me, with a few key chess pieces off the field, I'm going to lean to more of the same in the rivalry. I'm, I'm going to lead to, I'm going to lean to Shanahan just has an edge over McVay. Mm-hmm. I like it in the first half more than the full game. You can get San Francisco minus two and a half first half. Uh, because I think once they've got a nice little lead, or even if they don't have a nice lead, they, I, I think that, 
that you see a lot of guys whose names you probably don't recognize in the second half. Uh, I think that's when you see George Kittle sit down for the day. I think that's when you see um, Brandon Ayuk sit down for the day. Mm -hmm. I I think those guys will be out there to start the game, but I I think you're going to, they're not going to, you're not going to see them out there at the end. The Bills are at the Dolphins. It's the AFC East championship game. The three is gone. We have the Bills at two and a half point favorites. And this one's interesting because the Bills, yes, they can get the two seed, but they can also be eliminated from the playoffs entirely. Yeah. Um, I, I And I, I want to say that, I mean, do you, do you take that as a motivation edge for Buffalo? They have to win this game to be in the playoffs. The Dolphins don't. Um, I, I mean, obviously the Dolphins want to win. Well, it's they, the Sunday night game, so the Bills will know at least. Like the Bills will know the scenario. That's true. Like if all if everything played out in front of them to the point where it's a win or you're eliminated game, then yeah. But I think it's not going to play out that way. I think they're going to know that they are, uh, I guess, comfortable for a, a wild card. You know what? Honestly, I, th- I think home field advantage is so important to both these teams in the playoffs that they they both have to play fully motivated. So I, it may not matter. Like. The idea that like Miami, Miami doesn't want to play two road games in in like look at who all the teams they'd have for the all the potential opponents. It's like Buffalo, Kansas City. It's cold weather teams. They don't want they don't want to go play in the cold weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think my I think both of them are are very invested in getting a home playoff game. A Buffalo would love to have a home playoff game against Kansas City. Um, yeah, it, it, this for me. This is an under. I, I think that this is a lower scoring game than people think. The, the The Dolphins are still extremely banged up on offense. Like I, I Waddle's not going to play. Tyreek Hill, uh, still banged up. Devon Ashain still banged up. Raheem Mostert still banged up. Tua banged up last week. Um, I, I assume they he's are healthy. missing. Key, they are missing key guys on defense. Chubb's done. Howard's out. Yeah, and, and honestly, when you look at Buffalo, this is the healthiest they've been all season long. Um, they had nobody listed on the injury report this week. The only two guys who DNP'd at practice were Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, and they were both vet rest. Like, I, I think they're coming at it full bore, but something's going on with this Bills offense. It hasn't been beautiful the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I think either they're doing their best to get Josh Allen healthy or doing their best to keep him healthy. But last week was his worst QBR game. 19.8 was his worst QBR since that wind game against new England in 2021, where Mac Jones threw three passes the whole game, mm-hmm. like the, the offense just isn't clicking right now. Um, now that said, you mentioned some, some key guys out for Miami. Maybe that, that lets Buffalo get right. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm still going to say that the bills defense, which is playing the best uh, uh, really of, of any of these units on the field right now. I mean, and that includes Miami's offense, given their injuries, I, I might trust the Bills' defense more than I trust any other unit, which is almost wild to say. But if you go back to that first game, and I, I've heard a lot of people say the key is going to be Miami running the ball in this game. They ran for seven and a half yards per carry the first game in Buffalo, and they got blown out. It didn't matter. Like It didn't matter how much you can run, run, run all you want, but if you can't stop the Bills passing the ball, it doesn't matter how much you're running. It, it's really hard to keep up. So – uh, now that it's off the three, I, I've lost interest in Miami. I probably would have liked the Dolphins at three. Um, I I have an earlier investment in this game that is is keeping me from even wanting to play a side. I've I've already invested in the Bills uh, on a, a sort of a money line bet as I, I took them to win the division about three or four weeks ago. Um, so I'm in on the Bills to win this game. But as far as laying points, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. Well, the playoffs don't begin until next week, but there are several games here this weekend that pretty much are playoff games, and we can't wait for those. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got like a salary chopped up, and... Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1. And all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. 
And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against with Pick 6? You're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Only two games in the NBA last night, but boy, were they both entertaining. The Bucks go into San Antonio. We talked about the opportunity for Victor Wembenyama to possibly help the Spurs pull the upset. You didn't want to bet on it. Well, they covered, AJ. The Bucks got the win 125-121, so the Spurs covered. This game highlighted by Giannis scoring 44 points with 14 boards, including the go-ahead basket driving right through the lane. But then also, on the next possession, Wembenyama, who had 27 points in the game, rejecting Giannis on his way to the hoop. So a couple of highlight plays in this game. What did you make of Wemby's performance? I thought it was strong. He's been he's been kind of a roller coaster. Um, I, I think he... He's one of these guys who gets he gets up. I think he's like a young dude who gets hyped up seeing mm. like, man, I'm going up against Giannis. I think that kind of stuff hypes him up. Hasn't been a lot of team success for them. And like I said, he's had some real ups and downs. But um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, I think that he's you're going to see him play better in these big games. And the nightcap, the Nuggets beat the Warriors 130 to 127, thanks to a bomb three-point buzzer shot just in front of half court, if you will, by Jokic. 34 points, nine rebounds, 10 dimes, including the buzzer beater, as the Nuggets, who were down 14 points with five minutes left, stun the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors are just snake bit this year, aren't they? I mean, that's uh, that's about as painful of a way to lose a game as you can. You've got the defending champs on the ropes. You feel like you have them beat. And you get a, a banked in half court shot to to beat you. It's just uh, it, it about sums up the way things have gone for the Warriors this season, who are now just one game over five hundred at home, uh, under five hundred on the season. This is this has been rough for them. Although they, I guess, uh, the good news for the Bucks is, or excuse me, for the other uh, Warriors is. Uh, Draymond Green's allowed back at the, at the in the building, so mm. uh, who who knows when he'll be back and playing? But he's he's at least allowed that far out of the doghouse, so maybe some reinforcements coming for the Dubs. Well, a terrible collapse by the Warriors, but a great effort by the Nuggets, including the shot that sent Twitter crazy last night when Jokic hit that buzzer beater. A uh, much larger schedule in the NBA tonight. The Celtics are at home hosting the Jazz. Boston, a 13.5-point favorite. AJ Celtics, 16-0 and at home. Is this the night the streak comes to an end? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think Boston can just continues to dominate on their home floor. It's, I mean... When when teams are are really good on their home court, I tend to not want a bucket. I mean, it's been the Warriors like that for the last couple of years. The Kings did that a lot last year. I I just I, I get that the market catches up, but I, I think you're trying to just like uh, catch the falling knife if you're trying to beat that. So I I I don't bucket. And we have the Pacers hosting the Hawks. India three and a half point favorite. The total in this game 
263 oh, and a half. Oh, boy. We're going to get to a 270 this year. I can feel it. Um, God, I, I can't, with good conscience, play an over 263, but I certainly am not going to play an under. I'll tell you that, Scott. The Thunder at the Nets, OKC laying five and a half. Wizards at the Cavs, Cleveland laying ten and a half. Knicks are at the Sixers. Philadelphia is a six and a half point favorite. The Knicks have been hot lately. Do we think they have a chance here as five and a half, six and a half point dogs in Philly? Yeah, I I take the points certainly. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to like play them on the money line, but I, I think the Knicks can hang with them. The Knicks have been, like you said, they've been playing well. Uh, fought fought back in a game. It looked like they were just going to get they were going to get blown out, and instead they came back and won the game. So uh, Knicks are Knicks are playing with some energy right now since that trade. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I, I could see back in the Knicks today. Uh, today, the Bulls host the Hornets. Chicago eight and a half point favorites. Timberwolves at the Rockets. Minnesota laying three and a half. Clippers at the Pelicans. L.A. a short one and a half point favorite in that game. Mavericks ten and a half point home favorites against the Blazers. The Nuggets coming off this uh, ridiculous win last night. Ten and a half point home favorites against the Magic. Is that too much to lay on the second of a back to back? In my opinion, yes. So think about this. It's the second of a back-to-back. They're traveling back home. They won that mm-hmm. game on the road. An emotional win. An emotional high, yeah. They're not I, going to bed tonight. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I, so, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I think that that's too many points. So I, I like the magic here. It's my favorite dog on the, uh, on the NBA slate today. Heat are at the Suns. Phoenix, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Warriors looking to bounce back. And you know what? They got the perfect opponent to do so against as they host the Pistons. Ten-and-a-half-point favorites for Golden State. This has got to be a, a, a pick-yourself-up-off-the-mat spot, right? I would assume. Just, so kind of the opposite. Uh, the, the, the Warriors are going to bed. They're going to bed early. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they're disgusted with how this thing ended. They want to get that taste out of their mouth. Um. Yeah. If anything can get, I mean, listen. You just competed with one of the best, with the defending champs, mm-hmm. uh, and it, and it took a half court shot from the MVP to beat you. I assume they're gonna want to get that taste out of their mouth quick. And like you said, they've they've got the right matchup to do it. Lakers looking to bounce back. They've lost three straight. They host the Grizzlies. They're four and a half point favorites. I, I don't know about you, AJ, but I, I want to take the I want to take the Grizzlies here. I don't like the way the Lakers have played lately. I, I don't blame you. Like I've said, since the uh, since the in season tournament, you know, the Lakers haven't been the same team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Grizzlies have cooled off a little, but it's the only way I'd look here. And finally, the Kings five and a half point home favorites against the Raptors. College hoops yesterday. We had four teams from the top twenty five in action. We had three favorites cover. James Madison sixty eight sixty one winners at Louisiana covering the six point spread. Gonzaga eighty six sixty winners hosting Pepperdine. And Arizona absolutely throttles Colorado, ninety-seven to fifty. Uh, Arizona was pretty serious last night. The one dog that covered was the DraftKings dog of the day, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Nice three-point losers to Memphis, uh, catching nine and a half, seventy-eight, seventy-five. Memphis, and it was Javon Quinterly hitting a three with two seconds left on the clock to break the tie. And uh, Memphis, who had gone 0 of 8 from 3 in the second half, they hit their 1 at the best time as Javon Quinterly uh, sends Memphis to victory. But a nice cover for Tulsa. Uh, Top 25 slate tonight, pretty slim. UConn, 6.5 point favorite on the road at Butler. This is an, an interesting game because Donovan Klingon not going to play for UConn. He is a, a key piece for them. That's what's keeping this line in check. Uh, I, I want to back UConn here, but I, I'm just afraid to back them on the road without their big man. And then number nine, Illinois, catching 10 and a half points at Purdue. And a lot of that is in Illinois, again, without Terrence Shannon Jr., uh, who is not with the team right now as he's been accused of rape. Uh, accused. Uh, there's no no official judgment yet, but Purdue a 10 and a half point favorite. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, in a way, can give Zach Eady some problems because he's a big who is he'll leak out to the top of the key. Uh, he's a, a very good passer and he can hit threes. And if you take Zach Eady out of the paint, it can open things up. The problem is on the other end, Coleman Hawkins has to defend Zach Eady and he's going to find himself in foul trouble. And when he does, Illinois has no depth 
uh, down low. So it could just turn into a Zach Eady fest uh, once Coleman Hawkins gets in some foul trouble. So this does feel like it's got blowout potential, uh, especially with Illinois without their, you know, their first team All-American candidate on the floor. Let me ask you about a couple of matchups for tomorrow. Could we have a system play with number 16 Clemson hosting number eight North Carolina? Uh, I'm guessing that game is going to be a pick. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I'm sure it, it could, it could potentially trickle, uh, one way or the other, but my guess is it's a pick. Ken Palm makes it Clemson minus one, but typically in these situations, North Carolina takes public money. So, uh, my guess is it ends up a pick. So I, it, I don't think it'll be a system play. Um, but there's potential who knows I, Clemson j- coming off a, a gutting loss, on the road at Miami, uh, where I, I mentioned this yesterday, Miami shot 75% from the field in the mm-hmm, second mm-hmm. half to, to run away from them. And North Carolina uh, playing their first road game. And, and this is an interesting schedule thing for North Carolina. They, they played uh, an ACC game against Florida State a couple weeks ago, like random early season game. Then they played a bunch of other games. Then their next three ACC games are all on the road, and they're all pretty tough games. They're at Pitt, at Clemson, and then at NC State. So uh, a tough scheduling run here for UNC. I think it's going to be a really competitive game. I, I, I kind of like I kind of like Clemson in this matchup. I'm hoping that they're a slight dog. I'm hoping that money comes in on North Carolina. Uh, and if it is a system play, I'll, I'll probably back it because I, I, I do like Clemson in this spot. Yesterday, the NHL unveiled its first members of this year's all-star game taking place next month in Toronto. What they did was they uh, selected one player from each team as uh, determined by the league's uh, hockey operations department. And then the others were added by a, uh, you know, fan vote. They'll be added by a fan vote later. So just one player from each team is, has been announced as the initial selections for the all-star game congratulations to Sidney crosby an nhl all-star for the 10th time in his career the reigning mvp connor mcdavid no surprise he's the representative for edmonton jack eichel the representative for our golden knights aj the first time he's made an all-star team since joining vegas and rookie of the year favorite connor bedard selected as the representative for the Chicago Blackhawks that uh, amongst the rest of the 32 that were selected yesterday. So what do they do? Do they fill in the rest of the roster? Like the coaches decide the rest of the roster? Fan vote. Fan vote. Okay. Yep. So the fans will vote for the all-star teams, but these were the league hockey operations department picks one player from each team as the most deserving all-star. And then the, uh, the fan vote will determine the rest of the all-star teams. So next uh, game will be next month in Toronto. On the ice last night, Sid the Kid scored a goal, had two assists as the Penguins defeated the Bruins 6-5. to five. With that loss combined with the Rangers' win over the Blackhawks, New York has taken over the top spot most points in the NHL. Uh, elsewhere was uh, the Avalanche beating the Stars 5-4 in a very competitive game back and forth between those two. Our Vegas Golden Knights, they, they can't figure it out, AJ. They are slumping big time as they fall to the Panthers 4-1, just three wins in their last 10 games for VGK. Not not Struggling, looking man. good. And uh, in the shootout, it was the Red Wings, a 4-3 win over the Kings among the finals from last night. Just three games on the schedule for tonight. The Blackhawks on the second of a back-to-back will be in New Jersey to take on the Devils. New Jersey, a massive favorite, minus 400. Hurricanes are at the Capitals. Carolina's minus 170. And the Jets visit the Ducks with Winnipeg, a minus 190 favorite. Congratulations to Team USA of the World Junior Championship, the Under-20 Hockey Tournament. They will take on Sweden in the championship game later on today. The United States undefeated in this tournament. Uh, if, if you recall, I gave out the U.S. to win the tournament. I mean, you can't really bet it anywhere. Dra- our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook do have odds up on uh, on all these games, but no odds up on the gold medal game just yet. Uh, there is odds up on the uh the bronze medal game, which by the time you're listening to this podcast might actually be uh, over or in progress because it's early morning here in our side of the world uh, as the games are being played in, I believe it's in Sweden is where, um, of course, the tournament, 
the tournament is. So, uh, yeah, the United States will take on Sweden in the gold medal game. Congratulations to Team USA. A couple notes in college football. Will Howard, the ex-quarterback from Kansas State, has chosen Ohio State University as his new home uh, over Miami and USC. Those were the uh, the other two options, apparently. But uh, to me, I mean, USC and Ohio State, it's a tough choice. Ryan Day keeps putting first-round quarterbacks into the NFL. Uh, Lincoln Riley seems to be like the Heisman whisperer. So I, I, I couldn't have blamed him either way. Uh, but a good opportunity for Will Howard coming off a pretty good season at Kansas State. Alabama, we talked about a bunch of guys entering the transfer portal. Well, now they've got some guys, uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terrion Arnold, uh, going to enter the NFL draft along with uh, linebackers Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner and offensive tackles uh, J.C. Latham, all of them headed to the NFL. So a big rebuild coming for Nick Saban's Alabama Tide. Speaking of guys headed to the NFL, a couple Texas players have announced their uh, uh, intentions to enter the draft. Byron Murphy Jr., who was one of the dominant run stoppers in college football this season and, and part of the reason why we kept saying you just can't run on texas uh he and montrez sweat were a, a heck of a duo uh but he is headed into the the draft as well as brooks who tore his acl and is is listed as the number one running back on mel kuyper's uh board which is fascinating to me but a uh a, a, i guess he's got all the reason to go if that's the case and when you think about you know, Bijan Robinson and, and uh, Roshan Johnson both being, you know, picked in the first three rounds last mm-hmm. year. Uh, it, it makes some sense. Texas is is turning into quite the running back factory. Speaking of running backs, Ole Miss running back Quinshawn Judkins has decided to enter the transfer portal, which is kind of a surprise to me. Guys had a lot of success there uh, at Ole Miss, and I, I don't know where he's going to end up. But uh, Ole Miss, I mean, listen, that was a two-loss team this season. It's a pretty damn good team. I don't know what he's looking for, uh, but that's a big piece that's being uh, that's being seen out the door uh, for Lane Kiffin's squad. And as a reminder, you make sure make sure you tune in to Monday morning's episode of Straight Out of Vegas AM as we will have a full breakdown of the national championship game, which comes your way on Monday night. If you would like to save some money at pregame.com, and who doesn't like free money, go to the website. Choose your purchase, whether it's a daily best bet package, a seven-day all-access, weekender all-access, whatever you'd like. Take 20% off that purchase using our promo code EARLY20. EARLY20 will get you 20% off at pregame.com. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity to save some bucks, save some bucks, especially with this big weekend with the NFL and then, of course, leading up into the national championship game in college football. EARLY20 is the promo code at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.